let's start with what you're doing here for Father's Day and uh, with your foundation and Wear the Bear. Tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing and, and how you came up with this concept. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't come up with it. Our foundation came up with it. Uh, I think probably a combination of Patty McDonald, uh, who heads up our foundation, and uh, you might say my wife at the hospital, and I go along. <laughs> well, it's a good ride to go along because you're doing things for people. This is a hat that we're using. You can see there it's, a, it's our logo and our foundation art with a bear wearing a mask. And uh, it's... Uh, for personal protective equipment uh, uh, for the COVID-19 relief fund. Uh, it's uh, what it is that someone donates $100. Uh, our foundation matches it with $100. And so that makes $200 we go to uh, uh, the COVID relief fund. And uh, it's uh, been very successful so far. Uh, we just, just gotten started. We've sold uh, about $77,000 worth so far. And um, so if Father's Day is fast approaching, you know, that's, uh, that's, that, that's what it's for. Uh, and if you want to get one in Palm Beach County, uh, you can go to the back porch of North Palm Beach, or you can simply uh, uh, donate and order a hat online at uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Children's Healthcare Foundation website, which is nchcf.org. And... Uh, no, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, you know, during the pandemic, children's hospitals are losing a lot of money. They haven't, haven't been able to uh, uh, do any elective stuff. On the average, children's hospitals across the country are losing about a million dollars a day. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is not going to pick up all of it, but it'll certainly, you know, helps keep the doors open. helps, you know, we get back or get, get our feet back on the ground and start doing uh normal procedures and normal things that happen at children's hospitals. Jack, who's been more successful, you at golf or your wife with the hospital? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Uh, if I hadn't had success at golf, we wouldn't be doing what we do because nobody ever, ever, ever heard of us or listened to us. So uh, I guess it, the chicken came before the egg in that, in that particular uh, instance. And, uh, uh, but Barbara's, this has been Barbara's baby from day one. And Barbara loves it. It's been it's been fantastic for me because it's 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 given me a new uh, goal in life uh, to help kids and and be part of what my wife really enjoys. And uh, we're doing it together. Uh, it's uh, we've been very successful. I don't know what what we've raised now, but the foundation's raised uh, close to maybe 130 30 million or more. Uh, in, in, in the last 14 years on just golf tournaments and donations from uh, small donations. Uh, that's not any, that's not big donations. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we used to be able to, you know, had to beat somebody over the head for a hundred dollars. Now we can walk in an office and, and ask for a, a substantial amount of money from somebody because they know what we're doing is going to a good cause, going to kids and it's, and it's actually working. How heartwarming and how heartbreaking are some of those moments when you're around these kids and you're seeing the, the recovery of some of them, but then also, I mean, unfortunately, because I know you and your wife visit there a lot. This is not just some, let's put our name on it. You're, you're there, you're a part of it. Heartwarming and heartbreaking, both parts of it, right? Well, it, it is. Uh, uh, and I'm, uh, each time a child is sick, it's heartbreaking and it's heartwarming when you can actually have one recover. So 
and they don't all recover. Uh, that's that, that that's that's unfortunately a fact of life. But uh, you know, our our chances are getting much greater all the time as as technology and uh, medicine advances. Uh, we're we're doing better, and we're getting we're getting a lot of very very good results at Nicholas Children's Hospital. The Nicholas Children's Hospital is in Miami. It used to be Miami Children's Hospital. Uh, they wanted to go more global, uh, so. Uh, they asked Barbara and, and me if we could use our name, and uh, we have. Uh, we've raised a substantial amount of money for it. Uh, we have 17 outpatient clinics up and down both coasts of Florida, so we really have a pretty wide range in South Florida of what where, where people could go. You know, people don't want to travel with a sick child. They want to be at home. So uh, the outpatient clinics have been very, very useful and very, very helpful. The, uh, and if, if you really have a sick child, then the main hospital is obviously the place we need to go. And again, just so people understand, nchcf.org backslash wear the bear for the hats that Jack was just talking about, where you can purchase it a hundred bucks, you get the hat and they donate, um, they match your donation there. So uh, Jack Nicholas during the quarantine has gotten better at what? What have you done that you're like, wow, I didn't think I was going to get better at this, but because I'm stuck here, I'm actually better at this. I'm better at watching television. I never <laughs> used to watch much television. I watch a lot of television. Never, never watched one of those TV series in my life. And, uh, you know, Barbara and I watched a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, we haven't done any traveling. I, I did I did get away and, and, and fished a, a week ago. Fishing was terrible, but that's all right. Still got had, had some kind of variety. Uh, I have made a couple golf course visits. I made one to Michigan and one to Ohio. And uh, outside of that, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to get in trouble at home. You know, I think Barbara, I think we'll clean out this closet today. Barbara, I think, we'll, uh, you know, maybe we ought to repair this and really fix this. Maybe they ought to redo this. I don't know. You know, it's a, a bunch of things. But uh, frankly, I've been home. You know, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's what the times are. Sure. Is there anything that as Jack and Barbara are cleaning out the house that you found that you're like, wow, I didn't remember I had this, or this is some sort of memorabilia that's really pretty cool? Uh, almost everything. <laughs> like from forever ago, like golf related stuff or family oh, stuff? I don't know. What did I find the other day? I'm trying to think what I found the other day. I said, good gracious, Barbara, I don't even remember getting this. And I, you know what? It was, it was a little badge of something for something that I'm. I received an award for something. I had to, I couldn't even think back when it happened. It had to be 30 years ago or whatever it was. Anyway, uh, yeah, we found a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of stuff that needed to get cleaned out. But I think everybody's house had, you know, you really ought to probably uh, move every five years so you're forced to clean out. And, well, uh, I, I know I know that that the great Scott Tolley is sitting next to you. Here's another business idea for him: the Jack Nicholas Moving Company and Cleaning Company. I mean, now that we've kind of had this and we're promoting this, why not? That's a good idea, right? That's a, it's a great idea, and you know, uh, I'm gonna make my wife chairman. I don't really want to have anything to do. With it. <laughs> All right, so you're, you're talking about some of these memories. Do you remember what happened on this day in 1962, June 17, 1962? Do you remember that? Um, well, I guess that was Father's Day. And uh, it just happened to be the last day of the U.S. Open that I won it uh, at Oakmont. And the, do you, what do you remember about the playoff against Arnie? Well, I got off to, a, a, as I recall, a pretty good start. 
I buried the first three holes. And uh, uh, Arnie, uh, see, I had him by two or three going to nine. He buried nine. Then uh, I buried 12. And uh, uh, let's see, we got to. We got around. We got to thirteen, and a very interesting thing happened. Back in those days, both Artie and I smoked, and uh, we smoked on the golf course. And on and on December eighth, I got the film of the U.S. Open. That's how long it took us to get films of those days. Wow, what went on? Anyway, I got the film of the U.S. Open on, and on the thirteenth hole, par three, I hit it at about thirty-five feet, and. Uh, I hit a putt, reached down, picked up my cigarette, had it hanging out my mouth, and tapped in my putt. And that was in the film. And I said, wow, is that a horrible example for youth? And I've never smoked another cigarette on a golf course since. Uh, I smoked a few years after that. I was a recreational smoker, but I never smoked in public. And I just thought that that was, uh, uh, and of course, I, I, I haven't smoked now for I don't know, 40 years or more. And so, uh, but it was, uh, it was an eye opener for me to see what we look like. And then I went on and uh, ended up winning the playoff. I had a, I guess I had two shot lead going to the uh, uh, 18th hole. And uh, I actually drove at the edge of the rough, but Arnold drove in the fairway, but he hit a fat second shot. And when he did that, I, I laid my second shot up make sure I wasn't going to make any more than five. And uh, uh, Arnold, Arnold ended up making, I think, six or whatever it was. I made five and, and won 71 to 74. I, I can't help but, but think about the fact that if that video doesn't come through or they don't get that shot of you, you may still be smoking to this day for all you know. I mean, right? Like if that, that lasting image was so impactful for you. Well, I might have, but I, I don't think so. I think that... I would have gotten a little smarter as time went on. And, uh, you know, because of, because of that, I never smoked around my kids. None of my kids ever smoked. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dirty habit. And it's uh, one that none of my grandkids or my kids ever, ever, ever took up. So I'm glad I got rid of them before they had a chance to see me. Now, just thinking about, you know, anniversary times, 40 years ago, 1980, U.S. Open. You remember that? Because I believe that was the last one that you won in 1980. Yeah, that's when they're 20 years apart and it's the same day. Is that what it was? I, it was this week. It wasn't today necessarily. Okay. It was, it was uh, the, the 12th through the 15th. Yeah, okay. Well, the last one at Baldus Roll was 1980. And, of course, I played with Aoki all four rounds uh, on, on, on that Japanese player. And uh, I remember whole, I had the whole uh, – I had a two-shot lead going to 17 in the last round, and I had about a 22-foot putt. Now, he had about a six-foot putt. I knew he was going to make it because he hadn't missed a putt all week, and I had to make it if I wanted to uh, be free to play the last hole. I made that putt, which was the key to the tournament. He made it, obviously. We went to the last hole, and I just played it conservatively, but I ended up making birdie anyway. He almost made eagle, and uh, but anyway, I won by two, so – uh, that was a uh, that was a very unusual trip. You only have, only have a couple times you have in your lifetime where the gallery went absolutely bananas, and you know, I had it uh, 
78 at St. Andrews and 80 at Baldus Roll and, you know, a couple other occasions, but 80 at Baldus Roll and, and the New York Gallery, it was fantastic. I uh, I feared for something by breaking my shoulder walking from green to the team. They were, they were patting me on the shoulder and banging me and saying, nice going, get going. But, you know, you started ducking and you said, you know, don't hit too hard. And, right. uh, but it was fun. It was it was great fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, it was my last U.S. Open win. Uh, I had a couple other chances, and, uh, but uh, I didn't pull them off. You know, it leads me perfectly to, to the, the fan aspect of things. Did you find it – is it easier or harder to play without fans? Well, obviously, we play a lot of golf without fans. I mean, when we practice or do anything, the fans aren't there. Uh, and I practiced – always practiced all my life – just as hard as I played when I played in a tournament. And I tried to tried to sort of tune everything out when I played. Uh, but the gallery is the gallery is a big part of it. Uh, you know, we're going to have the Memorial Tournament here in just a few weeks, and we're going to be the first tournament with gallery. Uh, we won't have a large gallery. Uh, the governor of Ohio has uh, uh, allowed us to have 10,000 people on the, on, the, on the property at any one time. And that means we're going to have we're going to have about two thousand golfers, volunteers, officials. So we'll have about eight thousand in a gallery. Um, but I think the players were going, are going to enjoy to have some gallery. They're going to have to do all the proper social distancing. We're going to we're going to take temperatures as everybody enters. I think everybody going to be required to wear a mask. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen. I mean, that will relax as time goes on, but. Uh, we want to do it uh, as the governor is opening up the state of Ohio and we're going to be the sp first sporting event in Ohio with fans. Uh, we want to do it right. So we're doing that. And then the week before that at Muirfield, the John Deere got canceled. So uh, they were looking for a place to play. So we're going to hold the John Deere, or not the John Deere, it's going to be actually Work, work Day is a sponsor of it. And that's going to be the, the week before. So we'll have two weeks in a row at Muirfield and uh, – uh, the players are not going to have to travel. It's going to be economical for the tour for the, and for uh, CBS, who's broadcasting it. And it's uh, but no fans the first week, so it's going to be it'll it'll be interesting. Jack, if it was solely up to you, would you want the players on CBS mic'd up as a viewer? I don't really care. I don't think it makes much difference to me. Uh, I think that uh, I I think it's probably better not. You can't really mic up everybody. And uh, I think that uh, a player has, have, has his own emotions, uh, good or bad. And those are sort of private that, that he has to deal with as, as he plays, either good or bad. And uh, uh, so I, I think that if you're having a, a made-for-TV event, then I think it's okay. But I'm, I'm a regular tournament, I'm not so sure that it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting thing that they, they tried here, obviously, during this time. I wanted to also ask you about the course design, because it is amazing to me still that you have not lost any ounce of passion for doing this, that, that during the quarantine, you're coming up with different ideas and different things. Tell, tell me and everybody a little bit about the course design and kind of where you're at with that, especially during this extra time that you've had cleaning out closets in the house. Well, uh, I've sort of stepped back from my day-to-day -day duties at the company. And by doing that, uh, I've been a little out of focus for the last couple of years at it, but now we're getting back focused on it. And 
I've got, uh, let me see here, got on a piece of paper here, but I know I have uh, uh, golf courses. Uh, uh, we're doing one for Fools of Honor in Grand Haven, Michigan, uh, and that's almost done. Uh, we're doing, we're starting, have started, and right after the tournament, we're going to finish a major renovation at Muirfield Village. Uh, they got a new golf course down here in South Florida soon to be announced. Um, I've got courses under construction in uh, Portugal and soon to start one in Mexico and Belgium and Greece. And uh, uh, I think we have one in Cyprus that's pretty close and also uh, one in Scotland. So we've got a lot of work over there. Uh, United States, uh, but I got one pending in Canada right now too. So uh, I've still got quite a bit of work and I kind of enjoy that. It's fun. Uh, I make, you know, six to 10 visits in each of those, each while I'm doing it. Uh, I have a design associate uh, locally, mostly it's been Chris Cochran and uh, Chris goes all over the world too, as, as do a couple other guys. And uh, we have a lot of fun and, they, uh, they, I go to go to a site. And I do what I think should be done. They carry that out for me. Then I go back when we get to the next stage of something's done to look at, and then we adjust from there. And it's just the golf course evolves. Uh, I don't like to make I put a golf course on a plan and just uh, build it. Uh, to me, uh, they all evolve. They all change as you look at said goes. You can always say okay, this should be better if I do this or if I do that. And, of course, you've got to understand what the golf course is for, whether it's for tournament golf, whether it's for a resort, whether it's a public facility, whether it's a private club that wants to have a tournament or doesn't want to have a tournament. All those things, you, you, you do the golf course differently under each of those occasions. And, uh, but they're all fun. And, uh, you know, I love it. I'm, you know, I'm 80 years old now, and uh, – uh, I think my mind is still as sharp as it, as it ever was, and, and I have, and I'm not cluttered with as much stuff as I used to have. So, um, I love to do it, and uh, you know, tell people out there, come come see us. We'll, we'll go do, do a good golf course for them. We we will. I mean, you you are you just amazing. Every single time I get to talk to you, I'm even more amazed. Last couple of quick things here, you know, you embraced Tiger when he was at his best. You embraced Tiger when he was at his lowest moment. Right now, it seems like Tiger is more comfortable in his own skin from somebody that doesn't know him but watches him from afar than he's ever been. Do you feel the same way as somebody that has supported him no matter what and embraced him the entire way? Well, you know, Tiger is probably as talented a golfer that's ever lived. He's, uh, he's got a great record. He's got a great work ethic. Uh, his father uh, taught him sort of the old style of golf, which is, I guess, my style of golf, which allows him to apply that to the modern day, uh, you know, his back operations have uh, limited him. Uh, and, but uh, I think that because of that, it's forced him to make some changes in his swing. And I think he's swinging better right now than I've ever seen him swing. So uh, that goes well for Tiger. Uh, he's still got great club head speed, uh, which obviously means he hits the ball a long way. He drives it a lot straighter than he used to. I mean, and people said, would he ever win again? And I said, well, good gracious, he won it. Uh, Torrey Pines, he 
one on a broken leg. He drove it all over the world and still won the golf tournament. And now he drives the ball pretty well. His short game is, is, has always been magnificent, as has his putting. And he's got the best control of, of iron distance of anybody that's ever played the game. So uh, will he win again? Yeah, absolutely. Then he came back and he won. He won, won the Players' Championship. Then he won the Masters. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy for him. I like Tiger. He's a good guy. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know whether he'll break my record or not, but he's certainly got plenty of time to do so. Uh, and he's, as long as he's healthy, he'll, he'll, he'll be there to compete. Awesome. One more before I want to tell everybody again about what you're doing with the Wear the Bear. One of my favorite Jack Nicholas stories, and I've been lucky enough to be there when you speak to groups, is when you've told the story about you'd, you'd win the Masters on a Sunday, you'd fly back to Palm Beach County, and on Monday night, what would you do? <laughs> I played in a uh, rec league uh, in Palm Beach for until uh, I was about 40. And the guys I played with were most of the guys in the office or around the area. And uh, we had a pretty decent ball club. And uh, the, guy, the guy would go there, and the guys would look at the other team and say, you take him out. And I, cause I, I was always going to the basket. That's how I made my living playing basketball. And I said, you take him out, you see us afterwards in the back alley. So the guys were, were very respectful of what I did. They really uh, laid off of me, so I didn't take it to basket as much as I, I probably could have because I didn't, I didn't want to get into that confrontation. But uh, I enjoyed that. It was fun. It kept me in condition. But I believed in playing everything, Evan. I, uh, I never believed. I was never a gym rat. And I was never a guy who ran a lot. I ran, but I never ran a lot. I would rather, you know, go play basketball or the kids were playing football. Football season, I went to the football practices and I'd be throwing passes to receivers or I would be uh, kicking with the putters and, or the place kickers. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that and I was decent at it. And uh, I coached Little League baseball and, uh, you know, I played a lot of tennis. I always felt playing other sports uh, rounded out my body physically. And, you know, virtually I was pretty injury free my whole life. Uh, I think I, I only missed two tournaments uh, or I never, never, I'll just take that back. I was only two tournaments I didn't finish that I entered in my whole career. And that was uh, the uh, 81 uh, World Series of Golf in Akron. My back went into spasm before the, on the, Practice team before the fourth round, and on the on the tenth tee of the uh, Masters in '83, we and I was seeing off first of the back nine, uh, and my back did the same thing. I got that sort of looked after, uh, got some exercises to fix that, and and I've been able to. So I've been pretty injury free, and I've been very lucky. But I think I, I attribute that a lot to playing a lot of sports and keeping my body in shape all around rather than just golf shape. Amazing. Again, tell, tell everybody nchcaf.org slash wear the bear, what they can do for Father's Day here. If they give the $100 donation, it's going to be matched. It's for, for COVID relief. Tell everybody again, Jack, if you could. Yeah, that's right. They, go, they either get it at the back porch in North Palm Beach, which happens to be a little store that my daughter has part of, and she's she's usually there. Uh, it's a cute little knickknack store. And uh, – uh, then, of course, uh, Nicholas Children's Healthcare Foundation. And uh, they, get the, they get a hat. They get the hat that looks like this one. That's with a, it's our golden bear hat. 
with our heart from the foundation with a, mask, a bear with a mask on it. And it's kind of a cute, cute little hat. And uh, it, it'll cost $100 to get one of these. And our foundation will match it with another $100. And so, as I say, we've just started this and we've raised about 77000 so far. That's uh, only been going about a week. Uh, I think we'll, uh, I think we're, we're trying to raise it in the skirt course for the uh, 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 PPE, uh, uh, the Nicholas Children's Hospital for the COVID-19 COVID Relief Fund. Uh, so it'll provide, provide equipment for, for the people at the hospital to help protect them. Jack, you're amazing. I always appreciate the time. Continued success. Thank you for everything you do for everyone in the community. Thank you so much. Thanks, Evan. Always good to talk to you.